0: And we're live, the Justin Spaulding episode 15. I'm wearing the same shirt as last week, episode 14. because they were actually shot the same day. If you're watching this, I've been in Hawaii now for like 10 days maybe. Left for Hawaii on March 20. Uh, the night of 25th went to O'Hare. Slept the night in a hotel down there. Early uh, in Chicago. Early on the 26th, flight went out, connected in Phoenix. Had a quick one-hour little layover, grab some food probably. You know, I'm talking right now. I'm as I'm talking, I'm talking before the trip, but I'm also trying to get in the zone of like what that might have looked like. And then, hey, Friday the twenty-sixth flew from Phoenix to Hawaii, and now we're just we've been in the, in Hawaii uh, for for ten days. So. If you're joining, we're building off the last episode where we were talking about Prime Painters, how we started it, and there's more questions now um, that I'm gonna go through and answer. This episode might be a little bit shorter episode. I don't know. We're gonna see how where this goes. Um, you know, Maudine had a good question. Like, was your goal with Prime Painters to be able to, um, you know, provide your properties, you know. Th- right? That's what you're saying, right? To be able to provide your properties that service. And yes, that was one of them. You know, and the other one, I just straight up said, I said, look, it was also to grow it. I ideally want our properties to be like 4%, 2% of the total revenue of prime painters. I want prime painters to be like, like, like 2023, I want to be doing like $5 million a year revenue. You know, 2026, I want to be doing like $20 million of revenue somehow, some way. Because I want to be able to take that the 20% profits, you know fifteen twenty 20% profits on that on that money And I want to dump it all into real estate Right on top of the money that i'm already making dumping into real estate and I just I have a lot of fun Starting businesses operating businesses owning businesses building teams. So I get I get uh To be honest, I I wouldn't be able to do it just for the money The money makes it a lot more fun and worth it obviously and i'm not going to do it for free But I get a lot of uh reward and and uh, the feels for, for, for just building a business. I leave here. I'm like excited. Like I'm excited. I'm as excited when we, when like Ryder comes in here and gets like a 2000 or $3,000 paint job, I'm like, I get as excited. Or when I was a sales rep last year for a little while, when I'd go out and personally get a $1,500 paint job, I'd be like as excited or thrilled, maybe even a little bit more thrilled than actually closing like a $30 million that we deal that we closed in January. Um, so it's just like part of it's just the game to me so but ideally you know this company we're going to grow this company um i really think there's a you know another reason i started Maudine. you know not just for the money to roll into real estate not just for the ability to provide better services to our buildings i also really saw something missing in the contracting industry across just across the gamut um Whenever we would call someone to come out, hey, check out a roof, check out these windows. We want these replaced. We need new doors. We need new carpet. We need paint. Like It would take so long just to get contractors out to give us a bid and get an estimate. And this is like big job. like This is scale. like, like They'd be like $15,000 paint job, a $400,000 roofing job. And we couldn't get someone to show up on time to give us a bid. So after all these years, I'm like sitting here, I'm like, okay, this, some, there's an opportunity here by just providing a better experience to people. So when we get a lead now, I'm like, Ryder, you better get back to these people like right away. Because if you get back to the people right away, you're going to win a lot of the bids. And you can be priced t- two times or two and a half times more or one and a half times more than the other person. But it doesn't matter because the other person might not even be able to get a bid because a lot of times that phone rings, we pick up. I'm like, if, if leads not responded to in the first two or three minutes like we're not doing our job we want to answer the phone right away or give them a call back right away not six hours later not two days later not two weeks later like we've been treated sometimes we want to call them back right away set an estimate up right away like so soon that it's uncomfortable for them like oh holy shit i didn't realize like i thought i thought that this contracting world worked like this like we reach out we don't hear from you for two weeks then it can't be another two weeks till we get out there right so you can't i can't believe like the 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 holy crap responses we've gotten to to calling someone back in a minute or answering the phone the first time and saying hey prime painters you know and talking what would you like done you know do our our regular thing and say okay i can be out there I can be out there this afternoon at two. I can be out there tomorrow morning at 8.30 or 9. What works best for you? And they're like, what? You're talking about today or tomorrow? It's like, yeah. Right? So right there, we leave an impression that like we're on top of it. Now, some people could be like, oh, that makes it seem like you're not very busy, not very good, dude. Whatever. Like, like, whatever. That's that's your excuse. A professional company can be busy and still, you know, get to those things. Um, So I I just knew there was a huge opportunity just by giving people a call back and getting out there to give them an estimate right away that we would be able to close a lot of jobs um, and then provide a really good experience. So, you know, we had another lady that, you know, we went out and painted her whole house last fall. And uh we painted her deck and her railing, and the railing, for whatever reason, failed. So like this spring, she called and said, I'd like to get my five-year, because we offer a product that has like a five-year warranty. They pay a little bit more, but there's a five-year warranty, right? It's two coats, and you know, they pay a little bit more. Well, she didn't have the five-year warranty included, right? So I go out there. I'm looking at her contract. Hey, you didn't pay for the five-year warranty, right? But we painted the lady's whole house, and it was just last year. I'm looking at the house, I'm like, I know she's got more stuff that she's gonna want to pay. It's a nicer house, like she owns some other pro like and I would just do this anyways, but in my mind, I'm like okay, th- like there's an opportunity. we have to number one fix our air, and then because most other people would just put up a fit, right, So I told her, look, like you don't have your warranty there's there's no warranty with this contract like there's this was a one coat job, sometimes this happens especially on decks and porches, and that type of you know takes a beating um and it always has taken a beating and always will take a beating. And she's like, "Oh, okay." And, and I said, "But you know, because it is only this six foot area and you know whatever, like and, and because we also were pushing it, like getting to be too late into the year, like you know we'll call we'll and fix this for you." And she said, "Oh my God, and she's just like lit up, right So like that's a great customer service, right? She's always going to call us whenever she has it, because because even if like we okay, so what? we screwed up on four feet of a total five thousand six thousand dollar job, we screwed up on four feet, get back out there and fix it. these guys she's like, these guys stand by their work." Like they respond. They didn't just ignore me. They came back out after I got paid, like after I paid them, like six months after I paid them, I didn't even have a warranty. They're going to provide it because it's, I'm not typically going to do this. If it's a one code job, you want a one code job, we recommend to and get our, and pay for a five-year warranty. And you don't do that. And it's a whole house, not probably going to go paint your whole house. Just no. say, no, I'm not just playing a nice guy card here. I mean, but we took care of her, right? Um, and it's just kind of going above and beyond. I think, you know, I, I, Just going back to the whole moral of this point or story there was a huge there's just a huge opportunity there to be able to provide really 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 good customer service in that contracting space and so i wanted to be able to go after that a little bit um let me go back into the questions because i know i was still wrapping up a few of the questions from last week number three on google right now it's not good enough what janesville yeah, that'll get better. Who's one and two? Oh, that's a, that's okay. Oh, we're the number one like painting company. So the other two are like actual paint stores where they like they just oh, sell stores? paint. They just sell paint. So Sherwin Williams they sell paint, and uh, Hallman Lindsay they sell paint. We got twelve reviews. Hallman Lindsay has fourteen reviews. Sherwin Williams has sixty reviews. But we're so we're the top vendor on the list. Yep, yep. All right, so then another question that we started to get into um, here was, do you plan to keep Prime Painters local or do you want to scale it to the max? And so I've already thought about this. My my idea is that wherever we're buying properties, Prime Painters are gonna end up following. So we've already been looking in Iowa. We've already been looking in Northeast Florida. And when we get a property that's scaled large enough, you know, 200 units, 250 units, which when we make a jump to something that's outside two hours, three hour drive away, it will be 200, 250 plus units. We're gonna, I'm gonna probably come right behind that. And cause our infrastructure, the Spalding Group level is pretty good. As we grow and we grow that distance, that'll be a little bit more of a jump. Um, but we've gotten it to be the, over the last couple of months here to be, we've got really good people. Our processes are running pretty smooth. I Really the day-to-day management of the properties don't have to do as much It's a lot of the finding the deals that I'm doing and still raising the money and all that stuff um, And obviously overseeing the whole the deal still and you know all that stuff. Yes, I'm very engaged there But I will follow And start another you know prime painters, Florida or whatever it'll just be prime painters in Florida Prime painters in Iowa, you know, wherever it might be. Yes, we'll start we'll start in another location. That's that's my that's my plan um I don't know if that'll be in two years or three years or five years or six years. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed two years ago that I was gonna start a painting company. Like people thought I was crazy when I started this painting company, Muddy. Why? They're like, dude, you have real estate, you have these investments, you're doing all right. You're gonna go start a painting company? Really? Like you're gonna start a painting? Like, I just decided to go start a painting company. People thought I was nuts for starting a painting company. I kind of, I would have never imagined two years ago that I was going to start a painting company. So I don't know when, but I would imagine that, yes, we will have more than just this, this location in Southern Wisconsin. Um, you know, and in Southern Wisconsin, like we might like, it's getting to be a drive over to Waukesha on some of our properties in the Milwaukee area. So at some point and like, we're starting to provide services and do estimates over there for retail. So if we grow a big enough business over there, we might have another office over there too. Um, so we'll for sure, we'll for sure have more than just this one location. I'm, I'm, I'm 90, I'm 93% certain on that. Let me see what other questions we had. That's a great question though. Because once again, I'm thinking, I'm also thinking about when you, when you build assets, once again, it's, it comes down to scale. Again, I talk about it all the time. Anytime you have more scale, it's gonna be more valuable to the marketplace. So at some point, whether, you know, I you know, sell Prime Painters, or we have private equity come in, or you know, whatever it might be, because we change the game, I wanna have a maximum valuation on the company. And the, and the bigger you are, the, if you have processes and people, and processes, especially the processes in place and the standards, um, and you have a successful company, the more revenue you're doing, the more earnings you have, the more valuable, the value it's gonna be, the multiplier, Will be larger for a twenty million dollar company, hundred million. The multiplier on your earnings on an exit will be higher in a five million dollar company than it will be in a five hundred thousand dollar company. It'll be higher in a twenty million dollar company that does twenty million dollars a year revenue than a five million dollar company. Um, and we should actually talk earnings, right? So earnings. Um, a company with a hundred million dollars of earnings, which is essentially cash flow. Um, is more valuable, we'll get a higher multiple uh, on those earnings than $4 million of earnings. So, and I, I, once again, I like the challenge. This is like my new sport, so I for sure see it growing. All right, another question, let me get to it. I got pulled up on my phone. So how have you gone about hiring and knowing what roles you needed for that business? So I talked a lot about the last episode It came down a lot to the course and I really followed their model, right? I'm not creating something new here. I'm not inventing. I think I can run it better and I think I can do better. Um, But it's, you know, really starting with someone else's idea. Um, But for me, it's just, I look to see where the bottlenecks are and then it's like, what can I do? To release, to release that pressure there and open that up so now more can flow through it, right? So is it the production side? Well, if it's a production thing where we're booked out like 90 days, 120 days, we need more people that can produce more of the work because if we can cut that, if we can do all those jobs that we originally had scheduled in 90 days with the guys we have now, if we double our capacity, and when I say double our capacity, we have twice as many painters, maybe another part-time production and project management person and two other marketers and another sales rep, we can take that, that actually wouldn't even need more sales because if we're sales are booked out that far, but if we can take that production and do that same production and, and if it's, it's $200,000 over you know each 30 days that we can do, right, that means if we have 90 days on the books, we've got about $600,000 of work on the books, if I can increase the capacity to be able to produce more and produce that, I say $600,000. If I can produce that $600,000 in in one month or one and a half months versus three months, right? Now, now we increase production, now we've got growth, right? So that's how I know where we need to hire, who we need to hire, when we need to hire them, when we start to get, you know, if we don't have, now on the other hand, if we have production team you know, painters in this scenario, the production team, and if they're producing work at a, at a rate right now that, let's just say, for example, you know, we're only booked for the next two weeks. I've got eight painters. Well, now we got we. I know that tells me I need more on the books than that. I need to have a month, month and a half, two months, whatever. I need more on the books than that. That tells me I need more marketing. I need more sales reps. And it also might mean that I need more leads. So where can we find more leads, right? And if we're not getting them through paid avenues, if HomeAdvisor, CraftJack, Facebook, you know, if they're not giving us enough, we don't just put more money necessarily behind HomeAdvisor or something like that, but we could put more money behind Facebook. And then we probably put more time, effort, and money between door knocking, cold calling, getting out in the neighborhood, right? Branding to try to get more leads, right? And then... As we get more leads, obviously we'll need more sales reps. Like I said before, that will lead to more jobs. Now, hopefully, we'll start to take our, our calendar, and we'll be booked not just for two weeks, but now we'll be booked for six months. So once again, it's now now I'm booked for six months. Now what am I going to go back to? Marine. If I've been booked for six months, I'm probably going to get more production, and open our capacity, right? To then get that back down so we can do that six months worth of more work that three sales reps are producing, and do that in two months or three months. And now in two months or three months, and maybe now we're doing 2.2 million in that time frame, right? But the other question is like, does our market support that? What does the market support? So you gotta be able to look at all those things and you just gotta have an idea of you know where you need to hire, what you need to hire, what roles. Um, you know, and if, if you realize that, hey, we're we're you know, we're we're booked about a month and a half out, which is you know, hey, that's good. That's where we wanna be. We wanna stay there. Maybe we don't wanna be. We, we don't need any more production right now. We don't need any more sales right now or leads or anything like that. But we're messing up. A lot of our jobs, like we have unhappy customers, right? So you need to focus on who is producing the jobs and maybe you need to make a switch or whoever's managing and overseeing those jobs and the people that are doing those jobs, maybe there needs to be a switch there. Or maybe the sales rep needs to do better in the scope of work. So the answer isn't always hiring more people. It's where in the playbook... Where in the process are is there stuff going wrong and then is it a we need to focus more on our processes and our standard operating procedures or is it hey we're at capacity or we have too much capacity or where's the problem right but that's how I would look at it and that's how I know who I need to hire when I need to hire them um, this is a good question so if you have very little knowledge when you started your company, how did that impact the approach to starting the company and hiring people? Um, so this applies to any business, right? Once again, I truly believe you can truly learn by the things that are out there. Courses, finding mentors that are successful. The, the fastest way I learned was obviously the courses accelerated a lot but then actually get to doing, right? And make mistakes here and there and get in the weeds and like have an idea how all these processes work. So, um, it had an impact from the standpoint of I just, ha- I had to get caught up and then it's like, okay, do I want to make mistakes for a year, year and a half, two years, big mistakes? Or do I want to pay for a course or mentor or something that will accelerate that time frame so I won't make some of those mistakes and I can accomplish in four months or in six months what most people hope to accomplish on their 10th year, right? So number one, I'm always going to be able to, I want to pay to play. I always want to pay to play because it's going to accelerate what I'm doing right i will pay that person for advice right or i will work for them for free or for very little for that advice to better myself um how would it impact from a standpoint of like hiring people well you know there once again i i i had to hire people based on a feeling that i had from like if i don't truly know all the ins of out Out of painting, I gotta hire someone that I think is qualified. Now they'll tell me they're qualified, but do I think they're qualified? Well, I'll never really know. I just heard Ryder ring the bell. Did you sell a job? Well, don't ring the bell unless you sell a job. (laughs) We got a bell for Ryder in the office now. To to, (laughs) Um, so he's got a bell now. When he when he uh, I'm telling the podcast when he. When he sells a paint job, we got a bell for him that he rings. So he rang the bell on accident, I guess. He didn't actually sell a job. Um, But when, you know, I'm not, when I'm sitting in that chair interviewing that person, how am I going to judge, like, yes, we could do like a working type interview or whatever. But even then, like, I could still be slightly fooled because I don't necessarily know all the little small steps of painting. So I had to really go off of what are my core values as a person? What are the core values of our company? Do I think that this person is genuine, telling me the truth and have those core values? And then we just got to, you know, when I hired, I just took a stab at it and I said, hey, let's roll. Now, I hired two guys to start. One of those guys was only with us for two months for a very specific reason that pissed me off and he's gone, right? I mean, he just did one of the no-nos that you just don't do. And I don't need to say out on the air, but um, he's gone. Other guy's still with us, right? So if I bet 50% with people, that's, I'll take that every single day um but a lot of it's you got to take a swing you gotta you gotta take a swing on some people uh we probably hired before we hired the first guy we probably interviewed um maybe three 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 people total um and then obviously it's questions it's you know when i'm interviewing people i'm very like i tell them what our core values are actually i don't tell them our core values first I. When I pick up a phone for an interview, I say, hey, you know, just this is still a good time, you know, because we'll do a a phone one first and then we'll do in person. And I just usually start by saying, hey, you know, is it still a good time to start talking? Muddine, this is a little bit different with you because you're like a working interview basis and it was a little bit different. Eh, Ryder was kind of similar. But hey, does this, this time still work for you to talk about such and such role with our company? Yes, yeah, it does. Okay. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what what attracts you to the opportunity, and then I just sit and listen. I want to get them talking first because if they hear me talking, and and so much of my stuff is out there that if people Google me, they can, they can tell me the things that I want to hear because so much of my stuff is out there. But I want to see how they're you know their body you know how they compose themselves, how they you know I want to hear in their voice I guess how they how how like composed they are, how they talk, um, in what manner they talk. Um, I I listen to the pace at what they talk. I, actually, and then when I meet people in person, I watch how fast they walk. If there's a super slow walker coming through here, they're probably not going to be hired. I need people that can move, man, and walk with a sense of urgency. Like I had someone that interviewed great. They walked out of here so, like they interviewed great. This was for a painter role. They interviewed great on the phone. They interviewed great in person. They had a pretty good, um, you know, resume. And I was excited. And then they left. And I like walked out with them. They were already sitting in the room when I got there in person. our team already had him in the room i walked out with him and they just like i was like 10 paces ahead of the dude i'm like dude you can't i'm like he lost me there literally by the speed at which he walked right so then i'll let them tell me about their experience what you know what they're looking for in a job what why why they were attracted to this job that we had posted um you know basic questions like that get a conversation going um and then I'll ask them what their core values are. And this is still even before I've really gotten into anything about our company, our story, and what our core values are. I don't want to tell our core values first because then they're just going to repeat, yeah, I'm, I work hard. And, you know, and, and obviously it's a cliche. like Everyone's going to be like, I'm a hard worker. But sometimes they'll, you know, they'll really say and they'll use examples in their work experience or in their life of how they actually you know, implemented and, and, and you know, acted on their actual core values of what they're telling me. And so when they do that, that impresses me, right? So it's you know if if the, once I let them hear our once they tell me their core values, then I'll get into our company story, um, our my vision. Like I share the vision, and hey, there's gonna be a lot of opportunity here. But we're fast moving. Da da da. I tell them our core values, and I say these are musts. Like I, I don't care as much about how much you know about the actual job as long as you can work hard. You have these core values. Da da da. Because if they have those, we can work with it. We can find a way if they have whatever. It takes type mentality. They're gonna do whatever it takes. We'll do whatever it takes. We're gonna figure it out. So you know, it's a long way to answer the question, um, but it's just I don't think it impact. You know, not not having the knowledge didn't whether I have the knowledge or not of what I'm doing doesn't really impact me with hiring because I'm looking to hire people who are really just good people. You know, work hard, results driven. Uh, yeah, willing to learn, like willing to do, what, just step in and do whatever it takes. And that's why Modin didn't even have an in, interview really. It just like he got in here and was willing to do whatever it takes. He was working for free for a little while. Every now and then I'm throwing a $100 bill. But like um, that's, I'm looking for that more than anything anyways, even whether I know or don't know anything. And in fact, if I don't know anything about the company, I want to make sure that my core values with that person are even more aligned. So there's even more, a little bit more trust there as they get started. Cause we got to walk into this thing together and they don't want me to leave them out to the dry i don't want them to leave me out to dry so when it comes to the knowledge about the painting industry or whatever company and it comes to hiring people that that shouldn't it shouldn't really matter in in 98% of the scenarios it just shouldn't matter and ever since we've started to focus on the type of person and who we're hiring based on their core values and the type of person they are versus their specific skill set we've we've come way far like we've advanced so far as a company in the last year year and a half Uh, doing that. Um, So that's a that's a great, great, great question, though. Um, Then there's a question, how involved are you with the company? Uh, Have you ever used a paintbrush? I think I talked about this last time. Um, No, I've never actually used a paintbrush. I've never done any scraping, sanding. I've never done any power washing. I've never used any of the tools that are in our back shop once. I've driven the trucks a couple times, but I've never, you know, never done anything. Um, so I'm more of strictly, you know, more of the manager. Um, I do a little bit of the project management. So I do that. That's where I do have the hour and a half to two hours a day on average, if that, um, I spend my time there checking in with our guys making sure that you know, because I'm not doing any sales Riders, riders doing our sales We got our markers doing the sales, right? So, this, so the sales is covered the accounting end Ava and her team like they do the accounting the HR process I'll do a little bit of the interviewing and stuff like that once we select and go Michelle who's in our HR department You know accounting department admin. She's kind of a utility player does everything uh, Crushes it. She she kind of takes from there gets the person on board and all that so I do a little bit of the hiring uh, process for prime painters i do um a little bit of the project management um we've got some really good guys right now we've got some good systems in place so like you know one out of 15 jobs i'll have to show up to in person if, if i have to show up to it once i usually have to show up to it two or three times because it's a big enough job or whatever and we just need to make sure that we're the communication is like, like a glove and we're all on the same page. Um, but most of our jobs that are like $2,000, 3000 4000 and they're interior painting or exterior painting, I don't even have to show up. I just got to communicate with the guys, hey, this is what we have lined up when. And, and I communicate with the customers, hey, this is when we're going to be out there. Because that's kind of what the project manager does. They communicate with the customer when we're going to be out there. They communicate with the team where they're going to be and when they're going to start the job, uh, when they need to be done by, et cetera, et cetera. If there's any problems in the job, usually they contact me. Sometimes they'll contact Ryder. Ryder's also starting to, is there, he's a sales rep, but he's also starting to straddle the line a little bit of doing a little bit of the project management for me um, as well. So um, he's almost kind of taking up two buses, two spots in the bus a little bit, two spots on the plane. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm relatively, you know, but I do, I do, I do pay attention to the numbers. I pay attention to how many leads are coming in. I pay attention to our sales I pay, like, on a daily basis. Like, I, I pay attention to what our you know, accounts receivable is and how much cash we've got in our accounts all the time. I'm always watching our income statement, our balance sheets. That stuff I'm watching all the time. Always. And we had, you know, about two weeks ago, I had a meeting with the accounting team on this. And I said, Hey, we need to make sure that this thing's up to date because this is how I know if this thing's sinking, swimming, you know, going left, going right, whatever is just by looking at the numbers. And so I can't, you know, it was, we were, we were at a, on about a 10 out, uh, 10 day delay. It seemed like as far as like with our income and expenses and stuff. I am like, guys, I want this like live time. Like as we're, as we're updating stuff, as we get, I want, I want it all live so that I can jump in and I know about ballpark where we're at. So we haven't got Quite to the point we're live but we're a much closer um where i can just jump in and see the financials and that's how it's gotten with the properties too you know obviously i'm very involved in acquisitions getting new deals um you know going to find new deals getting getting investors getting the money locked down um with cj and her team operating the deals right? She's our chief operating officer. She operates, Ava does accounting. I'm higher level looking at stuff. I'll spot check things every now and then, just randomly go into an income statement. Look, something doesn't look right. I'll ask a question to our, to CJ, our COO, Ava, our controller, or Michelle, um, little, our, our regional manager. I'll say, Hey, what's going on here? Just, just dropped in and just wanted to see. Right. And I just ask questions so that everyone knows I'm watching, I'm paying attention. Um, you know, I'll, um, I obviously will, you know, look at every single day, looking at our delinquencies in the properties, looking at our collections, looking at our cash accounts, um, looking at our balance sheets almost on a daily basis, um, looking at how many leads and guest cards we've got over there, how many applications are in process, how many move-ins we have coming up, how many move-outs we have coming. So I can see these 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 metrics that I watch, and then I know I can just I know by the metrics like okay I need to spend more time at Signature Twenty Three which about three months ago, we had like an emergency meeting, like, all right, we need to get this figured out. And now, now we're like, it's like smooth sailing. We're, we're getting it figured out and we've, we've corrected it. But those metrics that I was looking at were giving me warning signs. And when they give me warning signs, now I'm gonna, that, that's how you have to skip. Like, you gotta let your people do your thing. But then when there's warning signs, you need to now dive in. Hey, we need to get this figured out. Springdale, uh, you know, the apartment complex over in Walker's that we bought, going through a huge remodel. And once again, I know this is about Prime Painters today, but this is just about being hands-on as a business owner when you got a lot going on. And you're not always in the weeds. You got to let your team do, do things. Springdale, you know, it's, it's, we're behind pace there as far as revenue. We've done way more remodels than we ever thought we'd get done in the first two years. We're a year and a half in. And within, you know, after eight months over there, we, we did more than we thought we'd do in the first two years. Our vacancy has been high. I mean, we're only, we're only 80% occupied over there. 80, 80 to 83% occupied. So I'm looking at this and I'm starting to see the warning signs. I'm like, all right, we got to straighten this thing out. Like, so last week, I'm like, okay, who's, who's on site and doing Saturday leasings, right, and on Wednesday? And so now every Saturday we're making sure that the leasing office is going to be full. We're going to do, you know, showings all, all days of the week except for Sunday essentially um, to correct that, right? So I'm paying attention to leads. Guest cards coming through how many applications are being processed and and all that. stuff, so how many move ins We have coming out how many move outs? Uh, to see what our plus and minus our net is there. So I watched you know to answer the question once again How involved are you with the company? And he's talking about prime painters in the scenario. I just shared with ho- how involved I'm with prime painters and and um, Spalding group in the properties You have to be able to this is why my my old show that I used to do balling with spawn before I had content creators and stuff all by myself I would always talk about income statements, balance sheets, and maybe we can talk more about those on this this episode or this show as well, if people requested and want, want to dive in and get my probably more enhanced view on them, because that show was created like six years ago now, um, what I look for and what these red flags are and stuff. But when you can read balance sheet, when you can read income statements and you can pay attention to the three, four, five KPIs of your business, you can know where your attention needs to go as the boss, as the leader, um, of the company. So, so that's a great question. Um, but yeah, much more hands off on the prime painter's side And then let me see if there's any other questions. Um, that might be it to be honest Let's take a check quick So there's another question on here let's see what is the biggest thing you've learned after one year and what changes are you making to improve um, I don't know what I can say the biggest thing is I've learned because I feel like the biggest thing that I learned is it needs to be rephrased to what's the biggest thing you're learning I can't I can't even remember all of the shit that went wrong in all of our companies every year, right? But we take action and we move on, and then we move on, and it's like okay, I forget about it because we fix it, right? So in the moment, what is the biggest thing that I've that I'm learning is we're very on Prime Painter side, we're very inefficient changing over jobs. So when when a crew finishes a job and they're done on a Monday night, we're very inefficient getting into the next job Tuesday morning. And when I say very inefficient, to to ninety eight percent of the people, they'd be like, oh, if we could do it, what I consider inefficient, they'd be thinking it's good. But to me, I'm like, there's a lot of room for improvement here because we're wasting time. So what we did was we got away from, you know, because like guys would make, you know, they'd run to Sherwin Williams and they'd have to do this and they'd have to do that. So the biggest thing that we did was we we got inventory system in place, so we've got all consumable items right now in our back shop that they have to check in, check out, inventory. The, the accounting gals will watch that, pay attention to that daily, weekly. Um, and it's you know getting to be a smart inventory type system or lean inventory, I should say. So we don't have too much back there. And then Sherwin-Williams will deliver to us on a you know, 12 hour notice essentially. Um, so implementing that so that the only time they have to go to the store is to buy paint for the job, to buy stain for the job and to buy any primer for the job because we have 99% of everything else on our shelf. So now instead of having to go to the store and get all this stuff and waste all this time, they can order the paint ahead of time, go pick it up, and not waste 35 minutes or an hour monkeying around the store, total. By the time they drive there, monkey around, get the stuff, load it up, da da da. Like we got it all in the shop, it's on the shelf, right? We got barcodes, we got the name, we got the picture, like the, the, the magnet thing, like we got, we, we, we got it, we're, we're figuring that thing out. So that was one, because that was gonna help us in our transitions right and it, and it helps just actually every single day as well but especially in the transitions the next thing is now okay how are we how are we handling the equipment in between the transitions? so the consumables is one thing which we have an inventory for but how are we handle the equipment stuff that we use multiple times on across multiple jobs right you know the paint or, or tape you know we'll go through a roll of tape on half of a job or a quarter of a job we'll go through multiple rows of tape on one job so it's a consumable the equipment is like the ladder. It's like the paint spray. It's like the paintbrush. It's like the, the roller grid. It's like our buckets, the drop cloths. It's the, the masking, the, the masker. It's um, you know, the putty tools and the drywall tools. We're now looking at a system where each team is going to have its own tote system. So team one will have like six totes and it's going to have one tote of the prep stuff the next tote of the painting stuff the next tote is going to be the drywall stuff the next tote is going to be the drop cloths and it's going to have the totes with the equipment in it so now instead of monkeying around and grabbing one thing grabbing another thing and i left this over here and i left that over here all this shit goes in this tote you put it in the tote when you need it you take the tote and the other tote that you probably need You grab the totes you stack the totes carry the totes or wheel the totes because they've got wheels on them you take the totes into the job you set the totes down you open the totes up and you you got all your equipment right there when the job's done guess what you put the crap back in the totes and now you got it collected so hopefully now all your stuff's always in one spot and now hopefully that's going to eliminate a lot of running so that's that's one thing that i've really um and actually this is levi Um, he owns a painting company as well Um And since you own a painting company i'm gonna try to go back into Okay, so what else did I learn? (sighs) Um I mean I learned the change order thing was big Um, the change order thing to to get our guys I didn't ever imagine that being that big of an issue But that was a big issue We had to correct that So I had to learn to, to get our guys to pay attention to change orders If it's not on the scope of work, you gotta follow the scope of work Follow the scope of work, change orders, right? Yep. Guys wouldn't follow the scope of work at first. They'd kind of do with their own thing, want to, you know whatever. No, follow the scope of work. This is what we're doing because this is what the person wanted. This is what we sold them. This is what they're paying for. If we do more, we can't operate as a business doing more without charging more. It's not that I'm a mean person. I need to charge you if we're going to do more, right? So if we show up to someone's house and it says, hey, can you please move the furniture? Like they're going to get an extra charge for that. One chair, different right? But if like the owner was supposed to buy, the client was supposed to move all the furniture in all 10 rooms, they're going to get charged for us moving the furniture. If they now ask us to move the furniture, it's fine. We'll do it. But you're going to get charged. I'm running a business here. I got employees to feed. I got rent to pay. I got vendors to pay. I've got contractors to pay. I've got uh, to have a profitable business. Otherwise I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I need to make money feed my family more than anything prime painters is going to make money so we can buy more real estate i'm not going to do it if i can't do that I'm not going to provide all the opportunity and go through the headaches if i can't do that so it goes back to you know i learned that i learned that okay like you know are we are we taking off outlet plates that's fine we don't have to like we'll allow people to give the option to take off their own outlets plates because it'll save us a little bit of time if they want the absolute cheapest bid that we can provide we're never the cheapest i promise you that we can adjust things if you want to adjust it to be more competitive um trying to think the other biggest things i would definitely recommend this wasn't something i learned because i did it right from the beginning but i would definitely recommend doing the 25 to a 50 percent deposit right from the beginning um, in order to get on your calendar so we tell people like sometimes people will push back because i get it the industry that we're in there are people that will take your money and run but we say look like If it like if people push back and say I'm not doing 25% deposit I'm like then you're not getting on our I don't care if you're a signed contract or not You can have a signed contract It's not executed until that 25% deposits in and settled in our account You're not getting on our production schedule until that happens The nice thing about that is for those of you guys that are just starting the business where cash flow is a little bit tighter You're getting front loaded some of that money to pay for the materials and stuff like that Pay for, for pay for any equipment you might need whatever and now the rest of the job, you know, most of that will be covered um, in that in that cost i mean you know if you get 25% up front you should for sure have all your product costs covered cuz product you know we talked about this in the last episode product costs should be between 10 and 15% of the job so if it's so if you're getting a 25% deposit to a 50% deposit right 25% deposit will cover all your materials and then some if you get a 50% deposit now you're going to basically have all your expenses covered everything else is gravy so, you sell any paint jobs? Ryder just walked in for those people that not watching. Well, you can't see them anyways, but you sell any paint jobs today? Oh, uh, yeah, well, we got a good signature, but yeah. And I'm talking about deposits. We got to deposit yeah, them, yeah. too. I thought you were on the phone with someone. I was like, oh. No. It's episode 15. 15. Are you, um, so how do you like the bell? That's fantastic. That's the coolest thing I've ever gotten. Ryder's got a bell. We yeah. got to mount it on the wall, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a heavy, is <laughs> heavy heavy bell <clears throat> so riders out there crushing it all right what other questions we got on this um that's it that's it so episode 15 right this is episode 15. so if there's any questions from the first episode or this second episode on prime painters and the starting of it um, please let me know We'll go, you know, we're just going to roll back into our regular Q&A show going forward from here, but we'll be able to pick up those questions. Please DM them to me. Shoot them to us through Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or email. Leave a comment in the video below. Please subscribe to YouTube. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have some special stuff coming up this year, Uh, possibly a free real estate course that's 30 days long through YouTube every day on the day, free real estate course so please subscribe and we will uh, we'll talk to you guys soon thanks so much for joining episode 15 of the Justin Spaulding Show.